This is made possible by Oh Them Bones, Daily Tech News Show, and Craig. Welcome, everybody, to a bit of a placeholder, but a formal placeholder. One of those placeholders that you dig out and uh, put on your table, kitchen table, every year. Uh, no full episode today, but I did want to leave you guys with a good thought going in to Christmas weekend. I was going to run... Our friend Andrew Heaton's uh, Christmas special, his sixth annual Snuffy Christmas special, uh, which is is hilarious, and you should go listen to it. Go over to the Political Orphanage; it's 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 over there. I'm very briefly in it, so you can if you squint, you can you can uh, hear me squint with your ears. I don't know how that exactly works, but I don't know. I'm a softy. I like sentimentality. And so I wound up re-listening to a segment that I did two years ago now, back in 2021. And I thought that it is just something that is worthwhile. I re-listened to it. I very much enjoy it. And I will now play it here for you guys. Uh, We'll be back on... I don't know what we're going to cover <laughs> for the for the uh, PX3 Extra on on uh, Sunday, but we'll be back at full force next Wednesday. Uh, until then, enjoy this segment. The Grinch is better at political discourse than you. Merry Christmas, everybody. My wife and I were trying to figure out what we were going to do for the decorations on our house. We became homeowners this year. This is the first time that we had a chance to decorate our house. I've always loved Christmas. And so I always knew that we were going to do decorations. My wife loves Halloween. And so she went all out for the Halloween season. She decided to do it as a dinosaur theme. So we had little uh, inflatable skeleton dinosaurs on the front yard. We had a projection of of dinosaurs walking through our living room. There were a lot of lights. It was a really, really, really fun time. And initially, our thought was that we would do something movie-themed. The idea of Die Hard was, was, was played around. Maybe we would make a big Nakatomi Plaza in our front yard. I thought I told all of you I want radio silence until further... Oh, I'm very sorry, Hans. I didn't get that message. Maybe you should have put it on a bulletin board. Then I realized, you want to know what? Kids loved those dinosaurs. We heard from neighbors around our, our, our development here that uh, some of the kids were, were so enthralled with the dinosaurs, they named them and they made their parents drive by the house every night. So we wanted something that was a little bit more for 
capital T, capital K, these kids. So I decided that we would go with the Grinch. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. Dr. Seuss is somebody that I've always really appreciated, even as a young kid. And the older I've gotten, the more I have realized that while the Seussian playbook is fairly simple, it is brilliant. He has very, very, very basic lessons that are then layered on top of with, you know, sometimes invented lazy or hokey rhyme schemes. And when Cindy Lou went up with her cup. Nice kid. Bad judge of character. He went to the chimney and stuffed the tree up. He invents a lot of words. It's a lot. It's very silly. The illustrations very much carry the entire package. But obviously, no Christmas season would be complete unless you view the classic animated 1966 short film, The Grinch That Stole Christmas. Trim up the tree with Christmas stuff like bingo balls and hoop hoop fluff. Trim up the tree with goo guns and bizzle beats and ones. Voiced by Boris Karloff, uh, both singing and narrating and doing the voice of the Grinch. It is a total holiday classic. And it was when I was thinking about the Grinch, I found one more element of Dr. Seuss's brilliance. Because the story of the Grinch is something that we can learn a lot from. Not just for kids, but adults. And it really stuck with me when it comes to our modern political world and how we treat each other within it. And so it's with that that I would like to summarize the story of the Grinch, taking moments so we can pick out a few lessons that could benefit us. We open our story with the Who's excited for Christmas. They go and grab a tree and they decorate it. Now, the Who's are intentionally in this story not given a ton of personality. Our narrator is effectively through the eyes of the Grinch and we we, we very much see things through his perspective. And I don't think that it is by accident that the folks that eventually invoke his ire are kind of one-dimensional. They're these little automatons that go out and love things. They find a tree, they decorate it, and then they buy each other ridiculous Seussian presents. The Grinch, of course, hates all this. And even in the story, nobody knows why. This is, of course, an analogy to empathy, and for the Grinch, a lack thereof. His heart is literally two sizes too small. Now, the Grinch is a very interesting and layered character, specifically where we're going in our analysis. But it brings us to our first lesson, that we don't need to understand 
why our ideological adversaries are who they are. We do need to understand what they act like and adjust accordingly. But we'll get there in a second. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. Of course, the Grinch loathes the Who's. While he knows that they celebrate Christmas, he gives himself an excuse for bad behavior. See, it's not the fact that they are joyful. It is the fact that they create so much noise. In this moment, the Grinch makes himself the victim. A man simply trying to live in peace with his dog, Max, unable to do so by the inhumanity of his neighbors. Crucially, he mixes one grievance amongst the noise complaints that the Who's will enjoy a meal together, in that he is revealed that this is really about something else. The Who's have a community, and he does not. It is this isolation that we do not know when and where it was caused. We do not know if the Who's have been inhumane to the Grinch, but certainly he is acting like it. And if they continue to exclude him, he will take their joy. The Grinch says specifically that he has suffered for 53 years. This creates and cements an internal narrative of a patient man who has now finally cracked. Now, if that is not a Vox explainer of, yes, the Grinch was justified, and indeed he should do it again. I don't know what is. And exactly what he does is prepares a Santa suit and then goes down and steals all of the Who's presents, their decorations, their trees. You're a vile one, Mr. Grinch. You have termites in your smile. You have all the tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile, Mr. Grinch. Now, he is only given throughout this process one pause. And that is when he is interrupted by the only who who gets any kind of character development. That is Cindy Lou Who. She is an innocent little girl who interrupts the Grinch's thievery to ask a very simple question. Santa, why are you taking things instead of giving them? Now let's pause here to understand that the Grinch is very lucky that it was only Cindy Lou Who who woke up. One could imagine maybe an adolescent young who, who sees the Grinch and uh, gets very scared to the point where he starts screaming. An adult who, who may or may not invoke the stand your ground law to shoot the Grinch dead. But instead, it is the befuddled innocence of a child who asks the Grinch these very simple questions. And it is in this moment that the Grinch sinks one step lower in his humanity. Because to continue his crime spree, 
The Grinch tells the little girl a lie. That he is only taking the tree because he wants to fix a light on the other side of it. Now, of course, the Grinch knows that he is not going to bring the tree back as he promises Cindy. He is going to leave it to rot. She is going to wake up the next day knowing that Santa Claus personally lied to her. This further sinks the Grinch into awfulness. And now not only has he let his victimhood make him into a malicious thief, he is now directly a liar who is warping a child's understanding of Christmas, salting the earth, and possibly even preventing future Christmas noise. Friends, in this moment, the Grinch is a true bellend. Having robbed the Who's blind, the Grinch returns to his mountain enclave, victorious. He is very, very, very pleased with himself. He is thrilled that he stripped Whoville bare, leaving only wires and crumbs not big enough for a mouse. And in this moment, he has every element of the sugar rush that comes with empty political victories. He has sent that blistering, mean tweet. He is watching the retweets roll up. He has struck a virtuous blow to privilege. A rot in upper society, blind to the plight that it causes. Not only will Christmas be ruined this year, but Cindy Lou Who will be specifically damaged. He is pulling this up by the root. Forever distrustful of the idea that she is only beginning to cherish Santa, charity, gifts, love. This is the best that anyone will feel in these victories. Because these victories are devoid of empathy. They are done solely to destroy others. And like the Grinch, they are often done because we delude ourselves into believing that our enemies are truly worthy of this kind of wanton destruction. Think about it. When you've gotten into a fight or somebody has been rude to you over a political disagreement, how good does it feel and for how long? Certainly, there is that moment where you feel fantastic and justified, but rarely does it sit with you. Rarely do you look back in times where you want to fondly reminisce on your life and think about all the good times that you made somebody feel terrible. And I would suspect that that's the same on the other side of people who have done ugly things to you. Because just like the Grinch, eventually... The moment comes. The realization that everything that he did was not to benefit him. The Grinch used the noise narrative to grease the wheels of dehumanization. But 
in reality, he just wanted an excuse to hurt people. His full reveal comes soon after. This is what happens when you search for liberal tears. This is laughing at the copium huffers. This is truly inhumanity. And it brings about a revelation. The same delusion that leads us to inhumanity is also able to delude the very premise of our anger. The way we seek to hurt each other isn't even guaranteed to work. It comes from a reflection of our own insecurity, which doesn't always match with the weaknesses of our ideological enemies. The Grinch assumed his cruelty would hurt them. He debased himself to do it, and he only succeeded in being a total poophead. While the Who's have realized that this is not about trees and presents and doodads, it's not about a feast, it's about each other. The Grinch realizes that he has debased himself so low. Poo-poo to the Who's, he was grinchly humming. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the Who's down in Whoville will all cry, Boo-hoo. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. He paused, and the Grinch put a hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. This sound wasn't sad. What? This sound sounded glad. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing. Without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes or bags. He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzle was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Now, of course, 
because this is a story where people learn lessons. The Grinch immediately reforms. He realizes that his assumptions were wrong. He returns the presents, and the Who's immediately forgive him. In fact, the idea that he was only apart from them because of his own trauma is instructive. When the Grinch returns, he not only is hailed as a hero for distributing presents to all the good boys and girls, but he is allowed to lead the feast. That's a rubber band level of repair. How many relationships have we damaged because of political anger? How many narratives have we written in our own head about the journey of others and why they are deserving of the lashing out and the punishment? How many times have they done the same to us? Of course, in reality, there are very few who's in the real world, and we're probably a lot more like the Grinch. But just like the Grinch goes from listening for pain to the head of the Christmas table in under five minutes, how much of our own life could we repair if we just led with forgiveness and empathy? It's not universal. It's not a magic bullet. But I would say if we trying to center these ideas a little bit more throughout this holiday season. Roast Beast awaits all of us who try. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.